Hey there, studio owner. You've put your blood, sweat, and tears into creating a brick and mortar business that serves your clients and impacts the community you love. You are my hero. And I'm pretty sure we could sit down and talk like besties do because I get it. I've had my studio business for over 12 years, a handful of kids, and a few passion projects that I love. Like this one. Hey there, I'm Melissa Rose, your visibility coach for the studio owner who wants more stellar clients coming through their doors, more bank in their bank account, and more time to hang out and be completely present with those they love most. In this podcast, we're going to share the nitty gritty of running a successful studio business, sharing stories, talking strategy, and learning practical tips that leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to create your epic life every single day. So if you're a dance studio, yoga studio, Pilates studio, or a fitness boutique studio, you are in the right place. Add some kiddos into the mix and maybe a life partner. And I call you a rebel woman. Ready to dive in? Let's get real. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Brick and Mortar Visibility. We have a really special interview today because it's with a nonprofit Anna Johnson and the Butterfly Path are local to the St. Croix Valley, and they are doing great work in our community, and they are part of the Healthy in the Valley series. Healthy in the Valley is a free digital resource for the entire St. Croix Valley. So if you are local, this is a publication where you're going to find the area's best and leading business owners who are passionate about health and wellness, helping and serving you live your best life in mind, body, and soul. So If you are local to Hudson, River Falls, Stillwater, or the surrounding area, I invite you to grab your free copy by going to healthyinthevalley.com. In today's episode, we're going to hear Anna's story, how this all came to be, and what great work she's doing in our community. So sit back and enjoy and learn from Anna Johnson and the Butterfly Path. Anna Johnson, thank you so much for being on the Brick and Mortar Visibility Podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me on. Yes. Happy New Year. We are going to talk about the butterfly path, which I'm super excited to talk about because I remember when it all started and how it came to be. But first of all, let's just dive into uh, a little bit about Anna. What did you want to be when you grew up? I actually wanted to be a teacher since I was little. (laughs) Like your mama? Yeah. Oh, I used to play school in her classrooms on the weekend when she would be there, you know, getting ready for the week. So um, I actually went to college for two years to be a teacher. Okay. Did you want to do elementary? Yeah, I was going to get, um, I was in a program to get a dual license. So I wanted to actually be a special education teacher and then, um, a elementary teacher. So I really liked, um, like older elementary, um, like fourth, fifth graders. Mm-hmm. So I liked teaching them. So, cause that's what I did. Like some of my practicum and things like that in school. So I really liked that age group. All right. That is a funny, I do. I, I teach kiddos too. So they're all fun in their own ways. They like are, I like, yeah. I like my little threes and then I like my, you know, first graders and then my fifth graders. I like my middle school kiddos too. And then high school is fun and they're all fun there's in their own unique. way. Yeah. 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 There's something unique in each age group. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. So tell everybody, Anna, who you are, what you do and who you serve right now. Yeah, so I'm Anna Johnson. I was born and raised in Hudson, Wisconsin, and I founded the Butterfly Path, a mental health nonprofit, um, five years ago. We just turned five in October, and um, we serve everyone in western Wisconsin and the Twin Cities, uh, Minnesota communities. Um, My goal is to 
obviously expand because that's the point of our organization is to help as many people as we can. Um, our mission is basically just to knock down any barriers that people come um, come to, I guess, when they're trying to get help with mental health. And that could be personally or for someone they know. Um, it just, through my own experiences, I've, and then, you know, networking and talking to others, there's just been, you know, a lot of barriers to get help. And, um, and so we're kind of here to basically knock those down. Right. So let's talk about how this all started. Well, so I guess it kind of started when I was first diagnosed with um, generalized anxiety disorder and major depressive disorder. So um, that was in college when I like kind of realized that I couldn't really get out of bed and things like that. I really didn't know what depression was at the time. Um, but I knew anxiety because anxiety, that term was always thrown out there. Um, I was always like a worrier growing up, but really that was anxiety. And um, that kind of, I saw actually in college when I wanted to change majors, I saw that that kind of increased, I guess, my anxiety increased, things like that. I was really just, I mean, just the physical ailments of anxiety and depression really kind of came about. So um I, when I kind of started getting help with that, um, that was kind of a, a rocky road, but I ended up transferring um, and moving back home to Hudson. And that's when, because I was going to school at UMD in Duluth. And that is when um, I kind of started speaking out about my story more and more talking about mental health and that it can happen to even someone who is like me, um, was really bubbly and always involved in the community growing up, um, really involved in high school, things like that. Um, and my family life was pretty, you know, status quo. It was both my parents were still together and, um, you know, there was nothing really, mm -hmm. you know, statistically, you know, wrong environmentally. Right. Um, so I kind of, that was more of a, a, not a shock to the community, but more of like a, wow, okay. And then people kind of started using me and my family as a resource um, as its own to get help for mental health resources. So kind of when I was around 1920, that's when I started a blog called Surviving Young. Um, and I, I just wanted to kind of write about my story. I always liked writing. Mm -hmm. I still do like to write um, anything that's kind of art related. And then um, I was kind of talked with my parents about starting a nonprofit because I was just really frustrated with um, the volume of people that would maybe come and talk to me or my mom, my mom being a teacher in the school district. Um, she was just a really great resource, especially from like a parent perspective, because parents, you know, you're trying your best, right? And when you're even Googling, like I remember hearing from my mom that she was trying to Google just a therapist for me. Um and it was, the, it, it's not like it just said, okay, go to Emily Stevenson at Collaborative Counseling. She is open this state and we'll take this insurance. It's like, you really have to go through so many layers to get mm -hmm. you in that um, initial appointment. So I wanted to start a nonprofit um, way before I even started it. And then I started speaking in public about my story more. Um, my church did a, like a mental health um, like a three-part series and one of the nights I was speaking about my story so that was when I like publicly spoke 
um, about it versus just my blog. So it was in front of more people. That was really empowering because I had people from all ages come up to me afterwards and talk about their own mental health, you know, struggles and things like that. And how, um, you know, there was someone who is older and she even said, she's like, I've had, you know, I struggled with depression myself and you will get through this. Um, so it was just really heartwarming as a community too. And then, um, gosh, probably six months after that, my dad died by suicide. And that really kind of turned us upside down. Um, and still kind of does my family, like we're still, um, kind of navigating through that. So that kind of put my mental health advocacy on hold because I was so confused that a mentally healthy, well, quote unquote, mentally healthy man, um, cause there was no autopsy done or anything. So we don't know if he had a physical, you know, something physical with his brain or anything. There was nothing done like that. Um, and so, but he knew all of, he was like my, um, mental health support. Like he helped me calm down from a panic attack just a week prior. So he knew, you know, all our skills, things like that. Him and my mom were high school sweethearts. They were uber, uber close, like had a really great relationship. Um, like my parents never fought kind of thing, like, well, healthy fighting, but not, it wasn't like my dad ever slept on the couch, things like that. So, um, that was really a shock to us mm -hmm. when he just left home and never came back. Um, and the night before my little brother's grad party. So it was just a really, it was a whirlwind. <laughs> um, and then, so I put my mental health advocacy on hold for a few months. And then I finally, in October of 2017, I was like, well, it's now or never. I kind of need to, you know, either start something or just kind of, and it was like, I'm reading a book called um, Finding Meaning, The Sixth Stage of Grief, and that was really my my meaning, um, that, and it still is. It's kind of how I cope with even my own, my own mental health struggles still. Um, like, I'm still on antidepressants and things like that, seeing my therapist and psychologist regularly, but it also helps knowing that I'm helping people and coming from, like, a real life experience. Um and we just have added grief to our story too. Um, and how grief doesn't have to, isn't a mental illness, but it stem, it can stem, you know, mm -hmm. and there's grief in all shapes and forms, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's also, you could lose someone in life, but not like they might not die, but you might lose someone still. Or so there's so much mm -hmm. to learn about mm -hmm. grief as well that it comes in many shapes and forms. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how we got started and we're, we're growing, um, you know, as we learn too, and more things come up and, you know, like a pandemic, for instance, you know, that changed a lot. Um, so that's kind of, kind of where we're at and we just, we just want to help people. So can I ask you, so what made you decide in 2017, October, 2017 that, okay, now this is the time to do this. Well, I was going into, well, I was finishing up my last semester of college. Um, it was the semester I was graduating and I was going into marketing. I didn't know, or I didn't have like a job lined up yet. Um, and I was still living at home and I kind of figured, well, I need to, I don't know. I really, I remember sitting in my room and, and deciding and when I decided to do it, yep. but it kind of was like, 
I don't know now. There, was, there wasn't there was anything like going on. It was just, a, okay, you just decided. You decided that mm-hmm. this is the time. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I think because I, I mean, the initial like shock factor of my dad, you know, passing away, kind of settled down a little bit. Um, didn't go away completely by any means, but it, um, we were just trying to kind of navigate that, that new normal. Um, and then, and that kind of just gave me a sense of, of hope and that we could, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of something good to happen in all the bad. Exactly. Um, and that's when I, I started making, or I got choose happy shirts made and that's when uh, we kind of jump-started our funding. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you provide funding or resources for people who need it. So I've seen you Mm -hmm. with um, different um, therapy organizations or counseling offices that they can apply for scholarship or financial aid or something like that. And Mm -hmm. you're part of that. So um, can you just, uh, just dive in a little bit to that to, so people understand how you are working in our communities? Yeah. So right now we work with local uh, therapy providers and we provide therapy scholarships. So let's say um, we're working with your business and we provide you X amount of funding um, for like six months or something. Um, then you're able to use that pool of funds for people who maybe you have to turn away because you don't accept their insurance or they have to turn you away because they can't afford your service anymore or um you know because life happens and Mm -hmm. insurances change jobs change um things like that i've had it where my provider has changed or they don't take my insurance anymore something like that and um and it was something as like as common as blue cross blue shield or health partners or something like that um so it happens i've seen it even in my life with every every stage yeah um so we um, work with two businesses in Hudson and one in River Falls. And the goal is obviously to expand that mm-hmm. um, as we go. But with that funding, that's been able to help hundreds of people um, stay in therapy or start therapy. Um, and what's been really cool is seeing people who um, might only need to use our service once and then maybe they get on their feet and can either, you know, um, kind of find a plan that works for them to continue therapy or they found a different resource that like, a, um, like someone does their initial intake with a therapist and finds out that they actually need a different service or they actually need help with medication, things like that. So they can get, um, you know, directed on the right path. Mm-hmm. So that's been really cool to see. Um, or we've also just helped people, you know, month after month. And that's okay too, because it's not linear. It's not a one size fits all. So we just want to make sure we don't have any, you know, income requirements, anything like that, because um, we don't want to create another barrier. Okay. So So how are you getting your funding? Who's, how, how are you doing it? What, what like fundraisers are you doing? Talk to me about that. And who are the people that are um, you're targeting to, to, to fund and donate? So um, before that was our funding was through, you know, donations on our website um, or Facebook. Facebook is really nice because they don't take any percentage of the donation um, or like our website um, provider does, um, you know, just through like Stripe. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
or I think like PayPal takes a percentage. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's minor. It's like a couple dollars, but Facebook doesn't take any. And then um, we also started doing little fundraisers here and there. But last year we kicked off um, our first big fundraiser, which was um, our golf tournament for my dad. And um, we just about doubled our goal for our first time, which is really cool. Um, we got over almost $20,000, mm. which as an organization, that was just like, yeah, that was amazing. That was really cool to see the community kind of come together in that way because that also helped us um, mm-hmm. really, you know, be able to help fund for therapy and not have to spend all of our time trying to find these little fundraisers to help us get those funds. Because um, before, too, we would sell a lot of shirts and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then, so we're kicking off. We have our second fundraiser or second golf tournament, excuse me, at June 12th of okay. this year. The Monday golf tournament. Um, so we are looking for sponsors for that as well. Mm-hmm. So. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So you've had a lot to navigate. And I um, thank you for sharing your story. I didn't realize that you had this vision prior to your dad's passing. Mm-hmm. I thought this was because of your dad's passing. So this is interesting for me to learn this mm-hmm. right now. So, um, so throughout all this um, journey that you shared with us, I love to find out what we're made of, right? You, you've gone through a lot of stuff. You've um, had some challenges. I'm sure you had some like setbacks. So when was a time that you realized, you know what? I got this. I am a badass. I got this. <laughs> when did you, re- when was one of those moments? And I'm sure oh. there were a few, but when were, when were a couple of them? Share one that sticks out. Man. She's got a big old smile, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. I probably would say it happened a few months ago. I'm living on my own for the first time ever, ever. Um, I just went through a divorce. And Mm -hmm. so there was just kind of like another grief, you know, thing. But I, and you know, it it was the fifth anniversary of my dad this year. And so there's a lot of things, but um, I've learned to kind of see the good in the bad mm-hmm. like, but I still have to I have to I've been forcing myself to also feel the bad because I am a pro at stuffing down my feelings and if they feel uncomfortable I don't want them so that's been my goal this year is to as I've been living on my own to really kind of reflect on that and I really sat down one night and kind of really honed in on my story and why the butterfly path started kind of similar to what I just shared but I realized I was looking at our website and I was like, we don't even really have kind of our story on here. And it made me reflect, like we have come a long way and it's, it's been the whole community. I cannot take full credit at all because the community has mm-hmm. been a huge part of it. And my family, if my, I, cause I remember I asked my family when I first started my blog, if it was okay that I wrote about it because it does affect them too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're my supporters and they said yes. And they continue to let me share my story, which is really cool. So it was kind of a few months ago, I was like, you know what, I do have this, I can mm-hmm. do this by myself, I can, you know, I've got this, mm-hmm. I can, you know, because everyone has their stuff, you know, everyone has stuff going on, everyone, I, um, I'm a really big fan of Nora McInerney, and she came to town to St. Paul a couple months ago, and she just um, launched a book called bad vibes only. And she also lost her dad 
and she also lost her husband too. And I mean, like months apart and had a miscarriage. And one of the things she ended her, you know, speaking engagement on was you are not special. And mm. that really spoke <laughs> to me because I always felt, not that I felt like I was always special, but I felt like I was an out, not an outcast even, but like something was different about me because I didn't have a dad or because like I did have a dad, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like when Father's Day comes around, that's such an uncomfortable time. And I'm sure it is for Mother's Day for people who don't have moms or, you know, it doesn't matter even what age you're at. Um, and it made me just feel so good being in the room full of people who've also had hardships because it's like, yeah, everyone has hardships. Everybody it's does. Okay. I love that. You're not special. I love mm-hmm. that flip of that and just being, yes. yeah, everybody has their stuff. Everybody does. Mm -hmm. And I had a neighbor share that um, years ago. And I just, we were running together and she, I go, oh, this is so hard. And I go, I shouldn't complain. I mean, my kids are healthier. You know, I was like, but it's, Mm -hmm. she goes, but that's your heart. And who's to say it's your heart is your heart. And it doesn't, you cannot compare it to anybody else. And I love that. You're not not special. I love that. (laughs) I know. I just, it kind of made like this weight was lifted off. Yes, it totally does. Yes. Okay. Um, Another thing that I heard recently was um, rather than say, I'm worried about this, or I'm worried about, let's just say um, paying the rent. I'm worried about paying the rent. I'm concerned about paying the rent and just how the change of the word changes and just goes, okay. Cause worry just spins you in a cycle of going and concern, concern just goes, huh? It causes you to pause and just go and think creatively of, okay, what do you need to do? I'm concerned about my son's behavior, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Versus I'm worried about it. Yeah. So that really helped me just even changing that, that dialogue there. I know. I love the stuff. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So as a business owner, as somebody who's heading up a nonprofit, what is a visibility strategy that has been really helpful for you, Anna? Um, well, my full-time job is in digital marketing. So I, and that's kind of when I graduated college, I was, I got into social media marketing right away. Um, so social media, I've just naturally gravitated towards social media and also probably because I kind of grew up on social media. I mean, I was like 16 or 17 when I got Facebook for the first time, but then you have like, so then I've been on social media for 10 years, so I'm mm-hmm. 27 now. So that's just kind of been my number one avenue to kind of get in front of people. However, I am learning too, which is kind of a challenge, is there are a lot of people who are um, like our donor base who aren't on social media. Mm -hmm. So kind of getting creative and going back to the basics too is kind of a really good reminder for me Mm -hmm. um, to kind of get in front of people. Or I learned too with our golf tournament last year, people who golfed didn't know about it until, you know, close to the time that it was happening because there is not active on social media. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that is my number one. I think it's kind of a fun way to be visual on it. And you can Mm -hmm. kind of tell a story in a fun way. And I just Mm -hmm. love photos and graphics and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and videos. Um, So that's kind of our main thing. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So you have your golf tournament coming up. Um, We'll put that link in the show notes and let people know. We'll also put the link so they can donate if they feel inclined to donate. We'll make sure it's the Facebook link so no fees are taken out. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our audience as we wrap this up? Um. 
nothing that comes to mind, um, but they can find us at the butterflypath.org. Um, and that kind of shows, you know, our story. We have a lot of resources on there as well as I'm losing an AirPod. Um, <laughs> but we, yeah, we have a lot of our resources there as well. And I just really like to connect with people. If people are other mental health advocates, I always love to hear from them too. And we can bounce ideas off each other. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Anna and the butterfly path are featured in healthy in the Valley. And if you grab that at healthyinthevalley.com, you can grab um, the download of all these amazing business owners and nonprofits that are part of our community to help make us stronger in mind, body, and soul. So super excited about you being part of that project. Thank you. And I'm super excited for people to know about you and sharing your story here because I, it was fun to learn. I didn't, (laughs) I did not realize that this was part of the journey. You are meant to do this because you have been thinking about this for a while. So awesome. Awesome. So everybody go visit the butterfly path, go visit the butterfly path and see what Anna is doing in our community to help with mental health. This is awesome. Thanks so much for being part of the brick and mortar visibility. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate it. All right. Okay, everybody, we will see you here same time, same place next week. Peace.